everybody, welcome back to the show. And I have a guest uh, that I'm very excited about. He has been in the mainstream media pretty regularly in the last couple of weeks. And for a very good reason, he's standing and opening his church services in the middle of a lot of things that are going on. It's John MacArthur. He's the senior pastor of Grace Community Church. He's also a well-known author, conference speaker, and the chancellor of the Masters University. And Pastor MacArthur, welcome to the program, sir. Thank you, Todd. Good to be with you. It's, it's excellent to be with you, sir, and to have you on here. It's an honor for us. And I want to, first of all, just say thank you, because I've been speaking to pastors in California as a pastor myself. Many people, and I'm sure you probably know this, are, are looking to what's happening with your church and seeing, you know, as a litmus test, if they should open. So you're really on the front lines right now. Uh, what is the latest? I've been reading a lot of reports, but I think there's probably no better person than you that can tell us the very latest. <laughs> well, uh, for the fourth time, the county, the city, and the health department took us to court yesterday and uh, presented their case for the fourth time to try to shut the church down. And the ruling of the judge came out today in our favor, rejected the county and city's effort. So that's uh, four times they've tried and four times they failed. And the judge actually said there is no temporary restraining order against the church, so they are not in contempt of court if they meet. And there is no formal declaration of a health violation from the health department so they're not in violation of that so they can't be fined so we're free to meet it's it's really pretty amazing when you think we're just one church I'm one pastor and the state of California the city of Los Angeles and all the the lawyers they can muster can't shut down this church uh, that that is an, an increasingly encouraging reality for us and should be for pastors everywhere to have church and uh, yes. and don't succumb to the pressure uh, that's being put on churches not to meet. That that's really good to hear because, I, like I said, that's what I'm hearing a lot of. And you know, I think of the First Amendment, which gives us the law of the land, and it says we have the right to gather freely. And you know, as long as we're not doing anything like burning down uh, buildings, which we are seeing happening in our country right now, but we have the right to assemble. And of course, the word of God says, do not forsake the assembling together of the brethren. Uh, I feel like there has been a lot of fear uh, around the virus and different things. Uh, how do you speak to that when people, uh, critics speak about those things, Pastor? Well, when it first hit in March, uh, we, we were told millions are going to die. Right. Uh, we don't want to kill people, certainly not be a part of killing millions of people. So we shut down, did live stream for a number of weeks. and. After a few weeks, the narrative just didn't hold up. People began to realize the statistics weren't anywhere near that. And uh, so I was doing live stream, and, they, and the auditorium was empty for a number of weeks, and then it, people just started to come. We didn't invite them. We didn't say anything. They started to come, and they kept coming, and pretty soon there were 6,000 and 7,000, and they just kept coming. They didn't believe the narrative. And just to be clear about that, in the state of California, 99 0.99% of the people will have no ultimate impact by COVID. Right. In fact, at the current moment, the health director said there is one COVID-related death per 100,000 people. <laughs> that does no reason to shut down the economy yes. and no reason to keep people out of church. And we've always said, look, we're not worried about the virus killing people. That That's statistically not an issue. We are worried about the fact that everybody's going to die 
and after that the judgment and we're here to preach the gospel of salvation so they can come to Christ escape hell and enter heaven that's right thank you God for that that is amazing uh, we're, we're seeing something happen where I think a lot of people are drawing closer to God he's using this event in our mm -hmm. country and especially uh, as you know people have fear the Bible says what place does fear have with love perfect love casts out fear God's love is perfect um, so you know I know you're you're a scholar of the Word of God what would you say to people they're buying into the, the media narrative they're they're living in fear right now what kind of cover can you give them according to what the Word of God says pastor well you know uh, Paul said to Timothy preach the word in season and out of season that, that's really an important brief little word, in season and out of season. What he meant was preach the word and direct it at the season you're in. Life is full of seasons. Uh, Jesus said to the leaders of Israel, the scribes and the Pharisees, you know the weather, you can tell the weather, but you don't know what time it is in redemptive history. So one of the things that you have to do as a pastor is not only preach the word of God, but understand the time you're in. Understand the season. And so what we've been doing through this whole thing is help our people understand that what is being said is not true. It is not true. People are not going to die by this in any inordinate uh, number. In fact, if you go back two years, there are about 400 deaths per 100,000 by all forms of death in California. 400 people die every year from all kinds of death per 100,000. Right. There were about 400 three years ago. There were about 400 last year, and there are about 400 this year. So really very, very little difference in the number of people dying than died in the previous two years. The average death rate in California with COVID is 78. The average normal death rate is 78. So we're, we're being told things that aren't true, and fear has locked people down. Uh, you know, it's amazing, Todd, to think about how many people tens of thousands gave their lives to purchase our freedom and people will give them up because somebody tells them a lie about the flu or a virus so uh, if a, as a pastor your stock and trade is truth and you've got to be able to navigate reality for your people you've got to know the times and the seasons and once you tell the people the truth and the fear goes away our people just came pouring back to church, hmm. no social distancing, no masks, uh, nothing. And, and last week we brought back the children. Yes. Uh, a thousand children came back after five months of no Sunday school, no training. And we do four and a half hours of training every Sunday with the kids. So, and, and there's no fear in our congregation because they know reality. Right. And when the media pushes fear on them, that's not their experience. Nobody that we know of in our, in our church is sick, and nobody's ever been in the hospital with this illness. Wow, wow, and you have a large congregation, so that's, that says a lot. Um, you know, we're watching um, religious liberties be under attack, and for me, this is something that's very near and dear to my heart. I'm actually a director of an organization called the Religious Liberties Coalition, and, uh, you know, I wanted to ask you, because you're, you're fresh in this situation right now, mm -hmm. do you think there is a, a concern when it comes to religious liberties in our country where it is an encroachment of government? Well, yeah, there's no question about that. Uh, be, because that, that's the direction that the whole culture is going. You know, to make it simple, there are four restraints that God has put into human existence that restrain sin. I mean, we're a bunch of colliding sinners. The, the whole world would be the Lord of the flies and we'd all kill each other if there weren't restraints. So the first restraint is the law of God written in the individual heart and the conscience is the weapon. 
The second restraint is the family, and you have parents who use the rod to discipline children to provide consequences for misbehavior so they can socialize in a, in a positive way. The third restraint is the government, Romans 13, and their weapon is a sword, and they restrain sinners at that sort of social level. And the fourth restraint is the church, the church, the weapon, the word of God. So if, if the conscience has been assaulted and destroyed and the law of God in the heart has been uh, turned inside out and upside down, which it has, right. in a time when you advocate sexual immorality, homosexuality, and transgender stuff, mm. if the family has been uh, assaulted and virtually obliterated, and if they're screaming to defund the police, mm. there's only one restraint left, and that's the church, and why are we surprised that they want to shut down the voice of God speaking through His Word to the culture? Yes. So yes, I'm not at all surprised, and I don't know that every single person has that sort of satanic objective, but people are used by the kingdom of darkness to accomplish His, his ends and His purposes. And I, at that point, we have to fight for the church. We make heroes out of people in church history who met when they were threatened who right. met when it could cost them their lives, when they were thrown out of churches. We, we make heroes out of underground churches, underground Christians who met in secret, or even today, churches meeting around the world, people being persecuted, pastors being killed. Yes. They're heroes, but we won't meet when we're not going to suffer unto blood, to borrow the words of Hebrews. It's time for pastors to meet, for the true church to stand up. I don't care about the the high-tech TED Talk kind of churches, right. in a sense. <laughs> they, they can't meet because they can't do in a parking lot what they do inside. Yeah. But it's time for the real church to stand yes. up and worship the Lord. Yes, uh, I agree. The remnant uh, body of Christ, those that are willing to stand, I absolutely agree with that. Um, switching gears, I've noticed there's a Fox News article about you and a couple others where you've come and, and, and spoke about the platform of the Democrat Party and uh, your concerns with the, where, where they've gone, uh, more radical towards the left and anti-God. Do you want to speak on that at all, sir? Yeah, there was a day when uh, the Democratic Party was sort of pro-labor, and uh, the, the Republican Party was pro-ownership, and so it was the entrepreneurs and the owners were Republicans and the workers were Democrats, and, and they discussed, uh, you know, social policy, economic policy, and all that. The, the, those are not distinguishing marks anymore. Now there is a crystal clear moral divide. As a Christian, you can't possibly vote for a party that has in its platform the advocacy of homosexuality, as an acceptable lifestyle, homosexual marriage, transgenderism, and the premeditated murder of babies in the womb. Mm. How No Christian could ever vote for that. Right. Uh, and, but that's what it's come down to. And look, it doesn't mean that you're voting for a pastor. I mean, we wouldn't, we wouldn't want Donald Trump as the pastor. <laughs> but, but as a president, it's like when you're going to have brain surgery. I don't really care what the guy's theology is. I want to know if he can get me in and out of brain surgery and I'm still alive. So there's a competency level and there's a level of demonstrated competence in Donald Trump that transcends anything I've seen on the other party. But again, the moral issues are enough for me. Yes. If you're pro-sin, then no Christian can advocate that. That's right. Well, a statistic that always alarms me, and it's just so upsetting, is in New York City, there's actually more African-American babies that are killed annually than are born. 
And uh, there's a lot of talk about, you know, Black Lives Matter and right. all these different things. But, but you know, where are the people coming out in defense of those innocent lives? And it, it, you want to speak about that at all, Pastor? Well, yeah, I, I think the number is actually 75% of the babies conceived in New York is what I remember as the figure, never see the light of day. And there's an awful lot of hypocrisy in saying Black Lives Matter and uh, premeditated murder against them before they can even arrive in the world in the most protected place. Right. So yeah, people need to look behind the the screenshots that they're seeing. You know, it was a it was a guy named Chomsky who said if you want to start a revolution, get a slogan that nobody can deny. Yeah. Well, you can't deny that Black Lives Matter. So but that's a far cry from the Black Lives Matter uh, organization. Look them up on Google Black Lives Matter right. anti uh, family, anti-heterosexual, anti-male, pro-abortion, uh, advocating riots, overturning society, revolutionary. Uh, we all agree everybody's life matters, but we're being cast as racist because we don't buy into that full agenda. So yeah, you've got to navigate this kind of thing in a Christian way. You've got to be able to understand how to understand the culture as it tries to deceive you. Yes, sir. And you are an elder and you've lived a little bit longer than me. Uh, when you see American cities that are literally being burned, businesses destroyed, how does that make you feel, Pastor? I mean, it's just devastating to me when I see these cities all across right. the country. Uh, you know, is this a spiritual battle? Because that's what I feel like it is. Right. It is a spiritual battle, but I would say just on the practical level, people will do whatever they're allowed to do. Yes. Whatever you allow sinners to do, there'll be sinners who do that. If you, if you allow them to burn bound buildings, they'll do that. If you allow them to smash windows and loot and rob, they'll do that. If you allow them to have abortions, they'll do that. If you allow them to, to do any kind of iniquity, if, if there's no restraints, they'll do that. That's why the restraints are there. The thing that bothers me is that when all that is burning and all the damage, the cry is not to increase the police, but to decrease the police or defund the police. So. I mean, that's a formula for absolute and total chaos in a society. And again, that, that's, that's a democratic agenda item to defund the police. And school teachers here in L.A. are using children as blackmail. They don't want to go back to school unless they get their will and their way from the, from the school board, pay them more money, take out charter schools defund the police and then we'll go back to school so they're using children as pawns in a blackmail scheme so all of this is just horrendous we need to look behind this uh, just one other little statistic the um, the unicef said as a result of the lockdown around the world 1.2 million children will die mm. as a result of the lockdown more than the flu would ever kill. The unintended consequences of this ridiculous decision is killing children because it cuts them off from meals at school and it puts them in very difficult circumstances in the home where they don't survive in many cases. And that's, that's a United Nations figure. So yeah. there's so much chaos. There's a bad decision that's been made and they're just perpetuating it forward as far as they can. Of all times, this is the time for the church to stand up and be the church. Absolutely. And I, I heard the president made a phone call to you. Uh, how did how did that go? 
Well, <laughs> well uh, yeah, I was surprised, and it was wonderful to talk to him. He he said, "Thank you for taking a stand. Thank you for standing up for for your religious freedom." He said, uh, "And I've got your back," mm. um, which is wonderful to know. He's he's for religious freedom. He's a strong advocate of Christian churches, and he wants churches to be open. and And I, I was deeply appreciative of his encouragement along that line. It certainly is encouraging, as I've spoke to other pastors in L.A., being fined $5,000 for having a service. Uh, there's still that are in, uh, some that are still in the court system right now. Um, so, you know, to see this victory that you are seeing is such an encouragement to all of us. And, you know, just want to thank you. Uh, just before we let you go, you know, the next two months or so are critical. I feel like we're at a very defining moment in our nation um, you know, what would you say to the people of God to encourage them? And are you hopeful of the future, Pastor? Oh, yeah. Christ said, I'll build my church and the gates of Hades will not prevail against it. And Paul said to the Corinthians, we always triumph in Christ. Look, I read the end of the book and we win and Christ right. triumphs. So we're on the right side. But yeah, in the immediate future, uh, we'll go back to court on the 4th of uh, September for a full-on uh, trial on the issue of whether the church has the right to meet or whether the COVID issue sort of trumps the church's freedom based on the God-given rights and protected by the Constitution. So that, that will happen on the 4th. I don't know what that decision is going to be, but it buys us another couple of weeks for the numbers of the virus to go down even further. So it's going to be hard for the state to prove that there's this deadly force out there when the numbers just don't support that and why would the church need to be closed and if they appeal it beyond that or if we appeal it beyond that we're still buying more time and more time until finally we get to a place where there's just no reason at all to to hold people in this lockdown position my prayer really is that grace church could maybe pierce the balloon for the whole yes. thing yes and if the if we are free to meet then all other churches are free to meet then that unlocks everything that could be an incredibly wonderful victory absolutely i mean i've always thought if it goes to the supreme court i don't see how they could possibly uphold these draconian tyrannical uh ordinances i i really just you know when you look at the law of the land the constitution and the first amendment it just uh, to me it would be a total um uh, activism from any judge that sure, sure. not go ahead and, and, and allow churches to meet. So uh, before I let you go, last question. So should the churches meet, according to Pastor John MacArthur, smaller church, should they meet right now or should they wait? Go to church, have church, be in church, go in your building, don't sit in, a, in the parking lot, go to church. And if enough churches do that, if we all do that, the, the, it overwhelms the system. Here, we're just this one church and there's a couple more in the area that you know about. There are just a few of us that are being tested in court, but if everybody goes back to church, then it becomes overwhelming, and you're not going to kill grandma. People say, well, if, we, if just one person dies, that's too many. Well, if that's how we operate, then, then we have to take all the cars off the road because people die every single day. Yes. That's, that's a ridiculous argument. So that's yeah. intended to make you feel like a murderer if you go to church. Right. And the thing is, is, you know, we know the time, the hour is only going to get later. There's only going to be more things like this right. they try to pull. If we cave now, then how are we right. possibly going to stand in the future? Yeah. And you hear people say, well, this isn't important enough. We'll wait till there's a bigger issue. This is the issue. Yes. This is the issue. And if we give in at this point, 
there's going to be even more onerous attempts to lock the church down in the future. I couldn't agree more. Pastor John MacArthur, I know you're a very busy man. We appreciate you so much coming on the show. We honor you. We're praying for you. Please keep us updated as things go on. And you can find uh, Pastor MacArthur. He's doing uh, Grace to You, the radio show and the ministry. And you have, of course, the, uh, the Grace Community Church website as well. Correct, sir? Correct. Thank you so much, Todd. All right. Thank you. God bless you. And we'll be right back. Sunday, then do it all again, cause we're proud to be from